Okay, whoa, we're hot. <laughs> Hello, it is uh, so good to see you. Uh, I'm working on my headpiece. I lost my uh, top here, so I'm just gonna wing it with this. We're so glad you're here today, and I uh, hope you're doing well. Welcome, uh, welcome, welcome. If you're online, hello, hello, hello. Let us know you're there. We're so glad you're joining us. Let's pray, and uh, then we'll stand up and we'll say hello to each other. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day. We are so blessed to. Uh, to have this place to come and to worship you together. We love you and just pray that everything that we do now is uh, honoring to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand up, walk around, say hello to somebody you don't know. If you don't know them, say, I don't know you. Who are you? I'm you. You're me. Uh, 
Anybody here looking for revival in their own halls and across the land? Anybody looking for a world revival? Lift up your voice and say, man, I said, lift up your voice and say, come on, here we go. Anybody here looking for revival in their own halls and across the land? Anybody here looking for revival? Lift up your voice and say, man, I said, lift up your voice and say, amen. Hey! Dead man Ain't gonna find it in the politician Not from the government or any law Can't get it going on your own religion Only by the Spirit and the Word of God Only by the Spirit and the Word of God Come with me Come on with me and say amen you can work all you want but you might not see it give it all you got but it can't be bought try everything but you best believe it it's only through the spirit and the word of god only by the spirit and the word of god come with me come on with me yeah anybody here looking for revival in our own hearts and across the land Anybody looking for a world revival? Lift up your voice and say, Amen. Lift up your voice and say, Here we go. I said, Amen. Holy Ghost revival is what we're talking about. I said, Amen. God is on the move and there ain't no doubt. God is on the move and there ain't no doubt. Come with me. Come on with me. Looking for revival in our own hearts and across the land. Anybody looking for a world revival? Lift up your voice and say amen. I said, lift up your voice and say amen. I said, lift up your voice and say amen. Hey. Good morning. Sounds like you're ready to worship. Amen. Amen. God is good. And all the time. I want to give him just, uh, I want to give him uh, just an amen. Just just because, uh, you know, we all go through times, go through rough times. And last year was a. butthead thing going on last year a lot of things going on just uh for me in general and it's tough um but i just want to say god's with me and he got me through and i just want to give him praise and glory for that and i know that <clears throat> all of you out there we all like jeff says and through the sermons that we all go through good and bad 
But God is good, and I will always claim that, and I will always sing and praise him. Amen? God, I'm running for your heart, I'm running for your heart, till I am a soul on fire, Lord, I'm longing for your ways, I'm waiting for the day, when I am a soul on fire, till I am a soul on fire, hey! God, I'm running for your heart, I'm running for your heart, till I am a soul on fire, Lord, I'm longing for your ways, I'm waiting for the day, when I am a soul on fire, till I am a soul on fire, Lord, restore the joy I have, I have one I'm running for your heart Till I am a soul on fire Lord, I'm longing for your ways I'm waiting for the day When I am a soul on fire Till I am a soul on fire Lord, let me burn for you again Let me return to you again. Lord, let me burn for you again. Let me return to you again. Here we go. Oh, God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart Till I am a soul on fire Lord, I'm longing for your ways I'm waiting for the day When I am a soul on fire God, I'm running for your heart I'm running for your heart Till I am a soul on fire Till I am a soul on fire I am a soul on fire. Amen. 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 <laughs> We're going to do a song we haven't done in a long time, I think. But I think you'll know it. Water, earth, and sky. 
heavens are tabernacles. Glory to the Lord on high. Let me hear you sing. Here we go, chorus. God wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. Universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy. Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and earth. Awesome. Celebrate the light when I stumble in the darkness. I will call your name by night. Here we go. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. Universe declares your majesty. Let me sing it. Here we go. Lord. Awesome. Lord. Hallelujah. Here we go. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Holy, holy, God of wonders, here we go. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. Precious Lord, reveal your heart to me. Father, holy, holy. Sing it out, here we go. Universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy. You are holy, holy. Here we go, hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. To the Lord of heaven and earth. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I think you know this next song. It's called Agnes Die. Hallelujah, 
Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God Almighty, reign. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God Almighty, reign. Hallelujah. Ready to sing it? Let me hear you sing it. Go. Holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. Here we go. Let me hear you sing. Here we go. From the beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Ready? Holy. Just is full 
like the ocean's time. Yes, it does. I will lift my voice and I will lift my voice to worship my King. And I will find my strength in the shadows of your wings. Let me hear you sing it. Here we go. From the beginning. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heaven. And your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the might of mountains. And your justice is like the ocean's tide. I will lift my voice and go. And I will lift my voice to worship you, my King. And I will find my strength in the shadows of your wings. And I will lift my voice. Here we go. And I will lift my voice to Worship you, my King. I will find my strength in the shadows of your wings. Your love, oh Lord, sing it out, reaches to the And your faithfulness stretches to the skies. Amen. You may be seated. morning everyone now comes to our time of communion uh, we've got a big table up here now and a big table in the back with the emblems on it if you uh, haven't gotten them already uh, this will be a good time to get them uh, this morning I'm going to talk about a, just a few things and then I'll come back and talk about uh, offering uh, there was there's a lot of uh, missionaries over the years, uh, Corey Ten Boom and uh, Elizabeth Elliott, they went through, they preached the uh, gospel all over the world. 
And uh, in fact, Corey was in, she was saving the Jews from, uh, she'd hide, had them out in her house and she got caught and she got put in a prison camp. And even in the prison camp, she was, she continued to spread the word of Jesus, how Jesus died on the cross for us. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot, her husband got killed by Indians in Ecuador, and she went back to that tribe and preached to them and stayed there for many years. Uh, that's how committed these people were to spreading the word of Christ throughout the world. And then uh, the greatest of all missionaries, Paul. Uh, many of the Corinthians, and it talks about in Corinthians, that many believed and were baptized in Corinth. And then one night the Lord spoke in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack you or harm you. Because I have many people in this city. And Paul stayed there another year and a half preaching. And to this day, uh, the major in Greece, the major uh, is Christianity. So they still believe after all these years. C.S. Lewis says... The Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, but God will make us good because he loves us. So remember that. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you sent all these uh, missionaries. There's many, many more. They went out into the different countries and all over the world preaching Christianity. That your son died on that cross for our sins so we could have everlasting life through you. And we thank you for that. And as we take these emblems, Help us to take them in a manner worthy of your name. That we take them and, and remember that uh, you sent your son as a human on this earth. And he lived as a human and died on that cross for our sins and came back. We thank you for this and we praise your name. Amen.
I'm back again. Yeah. Uh, next, it's time for offering. We have baskets in the front and the back. Um, next week, we're going to have ask for a special offering. Uh, HVAC furnace. It's for you know, really, it's to build our savings back up. We had to spend some money on a new furnace. We have eight furnaces in this building. I'll give you a little trivia here, and uh, we've. They've been here for since this building's been here, and we've really never had a lot of trouble with them. We, as the elders, try to make sure that this stuff is taken care of so it doesn't fail. And there's a lot of people in here that do a lot of things uh, that don't get paid. They, uh, so we try to, you know, conserve as much money as we possibly can. I mean, Yancey and Curtis back there do the yard, plus they do electrical outside. Bill Ray does our landscaping and stuff around here. Uh, there's a lot of other people uh, that Chris is our, who's not here today, our resident plumber. If we have issues, he takes care of that. Adam uh, takes care of a lot of electric, or the sound and everything like that. And so does uh, Phil and uh, Randy, yeah, and all the other guys. Uh, the whole sounds crew up there does a great job. And uh, Wade takes care of all of our finances, our insurance, makes sure that, you know, he's trying to get us some money back on a flood insurance we don't think we should have to pay. So it's, you know, we there's a lot of things around here that we, we try to do ourselves. We change all the furnace filters ourselves. We maintain the furnaces the best we can. And uh, we've only had one major issue. So we're just trying to build that fund up again that savings account up so if we do have another emergency uh, we'll have the money there to pay for this stuff uh, the Lord asks us that we give him the first part of what we earn that's in uh, Proverbs 3 9 through 10 but but because he not because he needs it he already owns everything we got uh, rather we're the ones who need to learn and rely on him as our provider and respond with generously, generously obedience and gratitude for his kindness towards us. So we need to remember that when you give, and if you can give a little extra next week, it'd be a blessing for the church so we can keep maintaining these furnaces and uh, keep heat and air in here uh, throughout the year. So let's uh, pray for that right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the abundance you've given us and uh, helps to be good continue to be good stewards with your money and help us to uh, not give because we feel we have to but because we want to we want to give to maintain this church so we can spread Christianity all through this land and we just thank you for that and we just praise your name amen thank you Dave <clears throat> Also, you can, uh, this week, you can give online. Uh, there's, there'll be a tab there that you can go to. It says Furnace Fund. And so if you'd like to uh, give in that way, you can do that rather than giving through a uh, check or something like that through here. At this time, I'm going to ask Carolyn to come up. Uh, Carolyn is another part of our, um, one of our neat prayer ministries that go on here. And she's got a, a kind of a new startup for us. And maybe you can use this microphone right here, Carolyn, if you guys can do that. Um, Last year, we started our prayer room over here. We got it going, and, and we ask you to you know, be able to pray and put things in there. And it's really neat to see 
uh, that getting used, and Carolyn now has another way for us to use prayer here at our church. So I'm going to give you uh, her for a second and just let you uh, let her tell you what's going on. Well, this is something that's been on my heart for a long time, and uh, now we get to put it in action, I guess. Um, it's our teens. We have some amazing teens here at our church. They do amazing things. They'll step up whenever you need help. I've seen them on missions trips. I've seen them help out in the back back there. Am I? There we go. Can we hear me now? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so our teens. Um, so I want to kind of start off a program to give them a little bit more encouragement. Um, when I was younger, I was a teen once, and... <laughs> I had, um, I had what's known as prayer parents, and um, I went to a little church in Lynn, Indiana. Some of you might know where that's at, but uh, it, was, it was really awesome. What they did was they would just leave, leave me a little message every once in a while to let me know that they were praying for me, maybe a card. I once got an ornament that said, um, love your prayer parent. I never knew who they were, but I always knew that they were praying for me, so... Uh, when I, out in the real world, out at school, dealing with real world problems, I kind of had that to go back to. And I think that being a teenager right now, it's really hard um, to deal with the things that they have to deal with in real life. I mean, aside from COVID and um, politics and all that other stuff, it's, it's kind of hard to stay being a Christian. And I think that having our church here gives them that little bit of support, a little bit of something to keep them grounded. So um, I'm going to try to do prayer parent here. So if any of you guys ever want to step up and be a prayer parent, all you'd have to do is just leave a message for them once a week. Not once a week, maybe like once a month, just randomly, whenever it's on your heart. Just whoever you're assigned to, I'll assign you somebody. And uh, just pray for them. Keep them keep them in your prayers and just remind them regularly, randomly, whenever that you're praying for them. We'll probably do this for all the teens. Um, I'll automatically put you on the list. Unless you don't want to, then let me know, and I'll respect that. And we, won't, we won't put you in a, assign you a prayer parent. Okay? Thank you, Carolyn. So be sure. Yeah, give her. Thank you. Just go ahead. Be sure and give her, uh, see her after service this week or next week if you'd like to do that. We would love to have some adults do that. What a, what a neat thing to do, to be a part of a teenager's life from a distance. And uh, not, much, not much to do except to, to pray. And that's the best thing you can do, the best thing you can do for any teenager. Let's go ahead and dismiss our kids at this time. See you guys. Run, don't walk. You know, why not? opposite day all right well um let me get this here all right let's pray jesus uh thank you for this day and i just pray that you would do something incredible uh, through these next few minutes let us uh, take your word and through your holy spirit do what only you can do In jesus name we pray amen we're in a series called Waiting, uh, Walking in Faith, Walking in Faith, and today we're going to talk about waiting. What's it mean to wait, to wait for God? A lot of us in this room today, you're waiting for things. You're waiting on a doctor to call you and to say, uh, here's where the test can happen. 
Some of you are here today, you're waiting on your parents and your grandparents. There's some things going on in their life that changes that need to take place, and you're waiting on that. Some of you uh, have lost loved ones, <laughs> and you're saying, Can, does it ever go back to normal? And so you're waiting. God, tell me how to walk through this, this time uh, where I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. All of us uh, have things that we're waiting on God to do. If, we, if you love God and you trust him, the Bible tells us that we're going to wait. We're going to wait. And I want to use a story in the, in the Old Testament of a very famous uh, story. Some of you have heard of it, some of you not, but I'm going to kind of do a real quick overview of this story, of the story of Abraham, and show, us, show you all how the seasons of life can show us that God, while we're in the waiting room, can do some incredible things. If you've ever, uh, if you're here this morning and you're waiting on God to do something and you're just, you keep saying, God, I got this dream, I got this thing, I want I really, I want it to come to fruition. God, please just bring it about and you're, nothing's happening. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, is it going to happen today? Is it, you know, maybe tomorrow. No, not the next day. And it goes on and on and on like that. And so we're going to look at, at Abraham's life today and we're going to see how you keep on believing, how you walk in faith. As we talked about last week, how do you obey and not get mad at God and go, dang, God, <laughs> I've been asking you to do some things. I've been waiting on you to do some things, and you're not. And a lot of people, what they do is they get mad and they give up. Well, there's no God. <laughs> a lot of people get mad and, and go, well, God, you're not answering me. You're, listening, you're answering those people over there, and they're doing, they get their thing, and and I, I don't get mine. So you, you end up just kind of being upset with him and, and you're disappointed in him. And all those words that, that we want to use today, we use that with God because we, we don't understand why God doesn't do what we ask him to do. And we look at our lives and we go, you said you would, and you don't. So let's, let's look at Abraham's life today. So let's understand the seasons of, of faith. And, and I want to do that by, by, like I said, really quickly going over Abraham's life. And then we're going to draw some conclusions from that to send you home with today. Hopefully, that will strengthen you, will encourage you, will help you as you wait to walk in faith. Let's do the first one. Go, the first one is, is this. Um, uh, it's a season of dream. It's a season of dream. But I, before we do that, I want to... Oh, sorry, go, sorry, go back. I, I'm ahead of myself, guys. I'm, I'm all screwed up today. Ecclesiastes 3.11 uh, says this, God does everything just right and on time, but people can never completely understand what he's doing. <laughs> Isn't that true? It's like, what are you doing, God? You know, that's just what, just what I've been saying. So Ecclesiastes was, the, was just a, a, a real uh, beginning to, to show us that, that, you know, God, I, I, want, I know you, you're going to do it, and I know you're going to do it on time, but right now it doesn't seem like it. Right now, it just seems like uh, you're not doing anything. Go to the next one. So we got to understand the seasons. Go to the next one. And it goes this, phase one. Phase one is a dream. And that, we see that happening in Abraham's life. Abraham was set. He was a, he was a multi-billionaire. He was, he, was, he was the guy that had it all. He had a great life. He loved what he was doing. Everything was good. And all of a sudden, God came to him and said, Abraham, I'm going to give you, that. you're going to have so many descendants, they're going to be more than there are stars in the sky. 
They're all going to be from you, Abraham, and that's us. That's us, of course, today. We know that if you're in, in Christ and you're a Christian, you know that, that we're the descendants of Abraham. That's who we are because God promised. He promised Abraham, here's the dream. I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you the, this, this incredible thing, but... And so he, he comes to him, he says, I will make you into a great nation. But then we come to the decision, the decision thing. So the decision part is this. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him. He had this cushy, incredible, wonderful life. And God says to him, I want you to move from your cushy, wonderful life to take the caravan, take the cows, take the kids, take the, 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 the minivan, get everything and go to a country you know nothing about. He had to make a decision. He had to make a choice, much like us. We have a dream. We have something that God has asked us to do. He's told us to do. We also, we have a choice. We have a choice. And you have a choice to obey him and to stay, or to go where he tells you to go, or to stay where you're at. And a lot of us are staying where we're at. We don't even want to get, we don't even get to that, that point where we go where God tells us to go. So we're sitting there spinning our wheels going, where are you, God? Where are you, God? Where are you, God? So we get stuck in that season of life when it comes to choice because you have to make the choice. You have to make the decision. And then we come to the, the, next, the next season. It's the season, the season of delay. So Abraham goes, and he goes, and it's, it's a tough journey. He goes, and he, he gets, he, he's on this journey. He, he gets some of the things God's promised. He's fighting for it. He's doing what God has asked him to do. He's out there doing it. And all of a sudden, he wakes up one day, and he's old. <laughs> he's, he's old. He's old. And he's going, God, uh, I ain't got a kid yet. I ain't got no family. I, I got I got nothing except my, my cows, and I, I, did, I said kids a while ago, but he didn't, have, he didn't have anything. He had no kids. He had nothing. And so he gets out there, and he does what God asked him to do. And he, he's sitting in this place where God's this God-forsaken place, it seems like, where where is God? And he's out there doing these things, and there's all these, these natives that are there, and they're going, what are you doing here? And, and, and it's all funky to him, and he's like, this is weird. And so he comes to this, this place where there's, there's a delay. And so at age 86, the Bible says, I'm sorry, back to that. I'm, one more, you're doing so good. That was me. He says, but Sarah still had not born any children. 86. There's some 86-year-old people in here probably. How would you like to, you know, have a kid at 86? 86. 86. 86. Okay. Now go. To, sorry, Tom. That was me. That wasn't Tom. So then we come to the next season, the season of difficulty. Now, I, I tell you, the journey, everything that he was doing was on was difficult. But he comes to this, this difficulty season. That says it's 99. And now he's questioning. He says, how can a son be born to a man my age? How can that happen? How can, how can you give me what you promised? You promised me you were going to give me descendants. Descendants were important to these people. These people were so into having a bloodline and, and being able to, to say that they were going to, to take over certain parts of, of the earth. And so it was really important for them to do that. He says, it's, it's, it's not here. You been there? You been there where you, God, God, go 
do what, I need you to be a Christian, and I need you to do this, and I need you to do this, and I need you to go here, and you do all those things, and you get there, and you go, where's my kid? Where's my kid? And it's not always, where's my kid? It's like, where's my husband? You know, you said you were going to give me a husband. Where is he? You said you were going to, you were going to do this. Where, where, where are they? What is it? Where, you, 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 I don't know. It's, it's not there. And so it's season of difficulty that is, is something that it just, it's questioning time. It's like, God, why? Why are you doing this to me? But eventually God fulfills the dream and age 100 and his wife is 90. They have a miracle baby. Can you imagine that? They have a miracle baby and the miracle baby comes and they name him Isaac, which means laughter. You know why they named him Isaac? Because she laughed. <laughs> You're going to be pregnant? <laughs> no way. No way. Not me. So they named him Isaac. They named him Isaac. And Abraham means father of great nation. He got renamed. Remember in the process, God renamed him. You're going to be the father of a great nation. Remember, just, just think about being Abraham. And you walk into the local the local. Uh, let's say the coffee shop and everybody's sitting in the coffee shop and they know you and they say, Hey Abraham, how you doing? Father of a great nation. Where is your nation? And got it. Don't have no nation. Got no kids. And he gets a kid. And finally it's like, yes, yes. God gives him this, this, uh, this beautiful, beautiful son and he blesses him. Still, he goes through these hard times, and he comes to the most difficult phase of all. I'm crushing a whole bunch of stuff into a very short time, so I know I'm leaving out details if you're a biblical scholar. I know I'm leaving out all kinds of things, but here's, here's the, the gist. You've got to understand, just like Abraham goes through these seasons, you and I go through these seasons. He comes to this last, almost last thing, and it's the season of the dead end, the dead end. He says, I want you to take your only son, whom you love, and I want you to sacrifice him. The thing that you love most, I want you to give up. Wow. Do you understand what a gut punch that must have been to him? God allows your dream to seemingly die. He allows the thing that you thought was most important to you in your life to go away, and you're going... What are you asking of me, God? Abraham was a, over 100 years old. He has this baby, and he starts to grow. And, and, and then God comes up one day and says, I need him back. But I don't want to give him back. But I need him back. Some of you are at a dead end right now, and maybe your marriage, maybe your marriage is, is at a dead end. Some of you are at a dead end waiting to, for a relationship, that right relationship. Some of you are here today and you're looking at your budget and you're going, man, God, you said you'd take care of me. And that Dave Sherfield stands up there and asks me for money. And I'm like, well, I don't want no, I can't give. You don't understand. God's not giving me anything. He's not, he didn't, he's not, he's not taking care of me, but I'm on a fixed income, but I'm on a, and it's always these things that come on us, these questions, but God, how are you going to do that through me? Well, God is God. 
Congratulations if you're here today and you're at a dead end. Congratulations because that means that God wants to do something in you. And it doesn't just happen once. That's what I want to make sure you understand. These seasons, they're not just a one-time deal. (laughs) Once you go through it, there's another season and there's another dream and there's another difficult and there's another dead end. But then there's the last most coolest part of what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a follower of God, is that season of deliverance. And that season of deliverance is so important because deliverance is, is, the, is what us Christians are all about. We love the deliverance. Come through for me, God. Come through. Make happen what I ask you to have. Deliver me. And we'll talk about what that deliverance means. But you have to understand that while you're doing that, while you're going through the seasons, it doesn't just skip from A all the way down to the deliverance. It doesn't, it doesn't start from the dream. It, 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 it takes time. It's your life. It's your seasons of life. It's many, many months, many years that happen. And the thing that you want the most doesn't always happen like that. Yeah, you can go out and buy a new car today, most of you. Yeah, you can go out and you can change houses just like that. (laughs) But the point is, if God's doing it, things don't always just happen like that. We don't get healed just like that. We ask for somebody who's got cancer to get healed, and sometimes they are, and sometimes they aren't. We ask for somebody who's sick to be, to, to be brought back to us, and sometimes they are, and it's miraculous, and the deliverance comes, and it's like, dang, yeah, yes, thank you, Lord. And then it's like sometimes, dang, Lord, where are you? Where are you? You're not, do you, do you not remember me? I'm down here. I've been, I've been, I've been crying. I've been, I've been crying for you and telling, asking you, God, remember me. It means you might be at a dead end. Abraham went through these seasons, and he went through them pretty well. <laughs> he even went to the point, if you remember, if, if you remember the story, where God tells him to, to take his son and, and to give him back to him. He says this amazing thing. He says, even if I take him up there, even if I take him up there and God takes him, I believe he'll resurrect him from the dead. I believe he'll give him back to me somehow. He had that faith, that faith that says, I don't get it, God, but I'll overcome my doubt. I'll overcome what I see because what I see is you just gave me this kid and you want to take him away? Why? 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 So these are seasons of faith. And we have to wait. And we have to wait. What do we do while we're waiting? That's what I want to spend a few minutes on and we'll be done. Here we go. We go to the point number two. So while you're waiting, what we learn from Abraham is we have to remember what God can do. What God can do. Not what I can do, not what you can do, but what God can do. Because most of us, when we're we're walking by faith, we look at our resources and say, what can I do? Well, I don't feel very good, so I don't think I can do much. I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting in my retirement years and I can't do much for God, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of coast. No, no. God says there's something you can do. I'm here today and I got young kids. I got teenagers. You don't understand. Teenagers suck the life out of you. They take the life that you got and they just, they suck you dry. And they do. They do. 
But God knows and he understands. And you got to remember the things that God can do. Look what it says. It says, Abraham believed God in who gives life to the dead and who creates something out of nothing. That's all the way back in the New Testament. They're quoting this, this story from the Old Testament. Remember, that's what Abraham knew when the times were tough and he was sitting in the waiting room. He remembered what God can do. Ask some people in here that have gone through some horrific things the last couple years. And they'll tell you it's not been easy. And they'll tell you that, that, that it's the hardest hill they've ever climbed. But they'll tell you the only way they're getting through it. The only way they're getting through it is through God. That's it. And that's what Christians have to, have to fix their eyes on that point. What can God do? Either God gives life to something that is dead or he makes something out of nothing, or somehow he does a change in us. That's who our God is. Something very important that Abraham did, it was he was not a positive thinker. Please don't get this. I, I hear so much of this crud around today. Um, oh, positive thoughts, positive thoughts. You're going through cancer. Here's some positive thoughts. You know, what is a positive thought? Positive thought does nothing. It does nothing. What, what positivity does, the only time it helps you is if you maybe have a, a, a positive mindset, okay, that's okay. But positive mindset does nothing for somebody who's got cancer. A positive mindset does nothing for a marriage that's breaking up. It does nothing for an alcoholic. It does nothing for somebody that, that's addicted to whatever. It does nothing. There's a song that was years ago. I believe for every drop of rain that falls, that the flower grows. That's crud. If that, if that was true, see, that's talking about this positivity. Every drop of rain that falls, or there's a flower. Then the world would be covered with, with flowers, and we couldn't walk. It's impossible. It's impossible to, to, to think like that and say, oh, positive thoughts are going to get me through this. Positive thoughts do nothing. Abraham was not a positive thinker. His faith in God is what set him up. It's, and, and it's, it's only good in things you can't control. And most of us, we can't control much of anything. There's nothing we can't control. You can't control cancer. You can't control somebody. You can't control your dog dying. You can't control that. Well, I'm going to give him positive thoughts. That's nice. Don't. Be a positive thinker in that, resent, in, that, in that kind of thing. Say, if you want to say, I'm praying for you, and then actually pray, do that. No, I'm sending you some raindrops. Here's some raindrops. No, they do nothing. They do nothing. Remember what God can do. The next thing that we learned from Abraham, that he relied on God's promises. While you're waiting, while you're waiting, rely on God's promises. That's why I tell you week after week after week, get some word into you. Let the word into you. So the Holy Spirit, when, when you're waiting and the devil comes and says, you're, you're done, you're toast, you just, just implode, just go crazy. Just give everybody the finger and go away. Because that's, that's what the devil tells us. Push everybody away. Push them away. Push them away. But you got to rely on God's promises. So the word, when it's in you, 
The Holy Spirit can come and say, but this is what your father, your maker says. This is what your maker wants you to know today. I have you. Well, it doesn't seem like you do, God. How many times have you said that today? How many times have you thought it? Maybe you haven't said it, but how many times have you thought that? Man, where, where, where are you? You said you would. You said you would. He relied on God's word. He relied on his word. Let's see, did I put it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> while, while, uh, while God was testing him, Abraham still trusted in God and his promises. So he offered his son to Isaac. See, when hope was dead, he went on hoping and he relied on the God, on, on the word of God. And while God was testing him, Abraham still trusted in God and his promises. So he says, here's the thing that I just got. I'm willing to give it back to you. And so a question for one of the for our ministry time today that I want you, if you want to write this down, write this down. What is God asking you to give him back that he gave you? What is God asking you to give him back that he's given you? I don't know what it is, but I got a feeling all of us have taken things that aren't ours. But God gave them to me. Yes, he did. <laughs> but he may be asking you back from because that's the test. And that's what waiting is. It's a test. It's a test of God saying, do you really get this? Do you really understand what it means to be a follower of God? No, <laughs> I guess I don't. Hebrews eleven seventeen puts it this way. I think it's the next one. Yep. Oh, it's that one. While God was testing him, while he was testing him, you say, well, God, does God test us? Yes. He wants to see if our faith is really real or if it's just something that we kind of make up. Go to the next one, Hebrews eleven nineteen. Tom, I think it's, it's this. So he's got his son, and he's walking up the hill, and he's got all the supplies to torch his son on, a, on an altar, to lay him on the altar, to put a dagger in his heart, and to kill him. And he says, well, he reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in the manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Hebrews 11, before he went up the hill, he said, I know God's going to take care of this. I don't know how, but I know he's going to take care of this. He reasoned with what he knew. He reasoned with the promises. He reasoned with what was going on in his life. He believed that God would take care of it because he had the promises of God in him. And so I ask you today, do you have the promises of God in you? Do you know what they are? Well, I can Google them. Okay, that's good. Start there. Start there. What are the promises of God? There are so many. I think I gave our group, our, our life group, 10,000. There's 10,000 promises that God makes in the Bible. 10,000. And there's more. 10,000 promises. That's so important. Romans 4.18 puts it this way. Though it seemed Abraham's hope could not be fulfilled, he did become the father of many nations exactly as God had promised. See, God had promised him that there was going to be as, as many as the stars, that, that, that that's who he would be. He'd be Father Abraham. Had many sons. Remember that song? Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just, that's us. That's us. We are the sons of Father Abraham. That's us. Those of us who are in Christ. We're, 
were those people. See, though it seemed his hope was not going to be fulfilled, God did it. While you're waiting, while you're waiting, another thing to do. Recognize the facts in faith. There's three versions, the, the NLT version, the NSB version, and the Good News version all have this, this version that says this, Romans 4, 19 and 20 says this. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead and Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he didn't waver with unbelief. That's pretty doggone blunt. <laughs> That's pretty doggone blunt, you see? That, that, that here he is, he's like, uh, the facts of faith are, my wife can't give kids, she's, she's old, <laughs> she's, she's barren, so am I. Here we are, he, he, he understood the facts, he understood the facts, but even though the facts were, were horrible, and even though the facts meant that his dreams seemed to be dead, he trusted God. That's the point I want you to grab on today. Even though you're sitting here today and, and you're, you're praying for your husband to come to know Jesus, you're here today and you're praying for God to do something in your life. If you're that person today and it seems like there ain't no way in, in Hades that that's ever going to happen, you got to know the facts of what God can do. you got to know the facts of faith. And the facts of faith is God only not already did it he can do it. He can do it. He can do it in, in your life. Walking in faith, facing the facts in your life without being discouraged by them, that's what faith is. Let me say that again. Walking in faith, facing the facts of your life without being discouraged by them, that's faith. See, we get discouraged by, by, by what we see. We look and we go, how can there be a God? How in the world can there be a God when we look around and see all the, the horrible things and hear about the shootings and we hear that these horrible people do horrible things to other girls and little boys and, and we're like, what in the world? But we got to go back to the facts of faith. The facts of faith. And that God has a plan and he has a purpose and I have to trust him. I have to trust him. Otherwise, if you're here today and you're a parent, you don't even want to let your kids go out of the house. You don't even want to let your kids just go out the front door because what could happen when they go out the front door? This could happen, that could happen, that, and you can list them because, and that's where some of you are. You've got so much fear and you forgot the facts of faith because you don't have the promises in you. Because you, you, you go, well, but, but, but this is here, and this is here, and this is bad. And, and, and if I send my kid to school, this is going to happen. And they're going to... doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Go back to the facts of faith. Faith asks you to face the reality in your life without letting it crush you. Without letting it decimate you. Not to have these positive thoughts. Well, I, I, you know, I have cancer. Yay! No, I'm not saying that. But you have to face the fact, I, I'm barren. I can't, I'm barren. How? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to go to the facts. I've got this going on in my life. How? Because God. Things don't always work out the way we plan them, for sure. Things hardly work out the way we plan them in many of our lives. And 
your, the way you go through it gives faith to other people. The way you go through struggles, I'm not saying you have to be all happy face and deny and say, you know, I'm glad I got that. No, I'm saying God is, is calling you to say, I've got you. I've got you. And I've got you the fact that, that you've got to, to know that when you go up that hill, one way or the other, I'm going to be with you. When you go up on that altar to take that, that sword and to stick it, I'm with you. When you lose that thing that's so precious to you, I'm with you. That's when you know you're walking in faith. That's when you know you're doing what God has called you to do. Romans 4, 20 through 21 says this. I know I have a lot of scripture today, but I don't apologize for it. You've got to come to the last thing, and you've got to rejoice. You've got to rejoice and it's coming. There's coming a time of deliverance. Now, let, let, me, let me get this straight to you because this is the most important thing that I want to encourage you with. I know I've beat you down a little bit, but I want to encourage you with. There's deliverance coming for anybody who wants it today. It's coming. It's coming. Abraham never doubted. He believed God for his faith and trust grew even str- ever stronger. And he praised God for his blessing even before it happened. He praised God because he knew he was going to be delivered even before it happened. Have you done that? Have you done that in the thing that you're dead that's dead? Have you done that with the thing you thought was, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise you because I know you're going to do it. And it looks horrible. <laughs> you're about to pull back the dagger. The dagger's already been pulled. And you go, what? Before it even happened, he... He praised God for his blessing. He was completely sure that God was well able to do anything he promised. Are you, Jeff? Are you? You? Are you? Because when God delivers, (laughs) he delivers one in three ways. Deliverance is is, is such a cool word. In the church, oftentimes, we get, we get kind of weirded out by it because we, we see things on TV about, you know, people getting delivered from, from demons and being exercised. And, and those, those are some, some of them are, are right things. But Christian deliverance is, is this. Christian deliverance is, some, number one, is when God comes through and he does a miracle. And he does that. He does that. I've seen it many times in my life where he does something there's no way in this earth that it could be done, but he does it. But I don't see it as much as I want to. The Bible says there's coming a time at the end of time here soon, and I believe it's soon, where we're going to do miracles. Young men are going to do miracles. We're going to do more than we ever thought possible because people are so jaded today. Unless they see a miracle, they're going, nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. And that's where we are. People are getting to the point where they need to see some miracles. And maybe one of the miracles that people are waiting to see is you going through a horrible time and not being crushed by it. 
while you're waiting. Maybe you, you say, that's a lot to ask, Jeff. It is. It is. But remember who lives in you. Remember, he who lives in you is stronger than the one that he who lives in this world. There's also not just a, a personal deliverance. There's a, 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 what I would call a, a, where God does something in you. He changes the way you look at it. I see this in so many of you here that have gone through hard times where something horrible happens to you and, and you, you spend the time, you grieve, you move through it, and then God does something in you and you start looking at it and you go, but here's God, here's God. I remember when my son died, when I'm like, what good could come from this? What possible good? And I spent the next 39 years of my life seeing thing after thing after thing that happened that was good because he was here, because he lived. There's always something that God does when something horrible happens. He wants to do something that shows somebody else around you, that lifts somebody else, that encourages somebody else. That's why we have to take personal responsibility when we're going through the crud, when we're going through the swamp, when we're going through the, the horrible darkness and the pain around us. We have to take some personal responsibility for our countenance, for the way that we, that we muddle through life. And that we, we, people may know us that we're struggling, but they know that the one in, in, is in us is allowing us to put one foot in front of the other and we're slogging it out. And we're going forward. And we get knocked down. <laughs> and we get back up. And we go forward. And we get knocked down. And we get back up. And on and on and on. That's what God wants to do in your life today. So there's circumstantial deliverance where God just comes in and boom, it's a miracle. There's this, this thing that he does in us. And then lastly, there's the ultimate deliverance. There's the ultimate deliverance. And we don't think about that enough. And the ultimate deliverance is the pain that I'm going through that makes me want to not be in this life anymore. M many of you have thought today, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to go through this. I don't want my kids to go through this. I don't want my grandkids to go through this. I don't like being here. There's a time coming that's going to be perfect, and that's the ultimate. That's what, in, in the Bible, when it, when it talks about that deliverance, it talks about there's a time when every pain that you have is going to be taken away. And there's a promise that, that every one that you, that, that, that you have taken time and invested in and, and said, here's who Jesus is, these people are going to be there with you. They're going to be with you in this perfect place. See, God never promised that your dog wouldn't die. He never promised that you wouldn't go through tough times. He promised that he would take you through the seasons and he would be there as you go through those times. He promised that he'd give you enough strength to handle it. He promised that, that, that one day, ultimately, he's going to deliver you to a place that has no pain and no suffering. See, the biblical word for deliverance just simply means salvation. That's what it means. It means salvation, being saved from something. And ultimately, we're going to be saved from our sins because the Bible says that Jesus conquered death. He took it away. He made it so it was no more. So those of us who are in Christ don't have to face that. Wishful thinking will get you nowhere. Positive thoughts will get you nowhere. But a faith built on the hope of knowing what God has done what he did and what he's going to do 
should take you and I to where God ultimately wants to deliver us. Let's pray as the band comes up. Father, I pray for those this morning that are at a dead end. I pray for those this morning that are going through these seasons, whatever point they're at, whether they're on delay, whether they're on difficulty, whether they're in the dream phase, God, again, or they want desperately seeking deliverance. God, I pray that you would meet us. I pray that you would give us what only you can give. I pray through your Holy Spirit today that you will, will just enlighten our, our, our hearts, that you would come and you would remove the chains that are binding us to the past, that are binding us and, and we're, we're riddled here today. There's so many that are riddled with fear. There's so many there today that are riddled with, with uh, unforgiveness, that are sitting here today that need your mercy and your grace and to be able to give that to somebody else so that we can show, yeah, we're discouraged. Yeah, we're a little downhearted. But ultimately, we trust you. We trust you. So God, do a work through this time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. See what business God does with you in the next few minutes. The silence is for you as the band plays. It's for you and Jesus. For you to look inside yourself and say, which, which season am I at? God, what are, you, what are you asking me to give up today? What, what, have I, what have I selfishly just taken my two hands and I'm holding on to it? I'm going, no, you can't have this. <laughs> it's mine. You can't have it. It's mine. See what it is. See what God does.
standing, jumping, whatever we're doing. Pretty cool. There's three kinds of deliverance. God wants to deliver you today. I don't know uh, how he's going to do it. I don't know I don't know all the particulars, but I know God wants to deliver you from whatever it is you're going through. He wants you to walk in faith, not by sight, not by what you see, but by what he sees and what he knows, what he can do, not what you can do, because ours is so... <laughs> so small. All right. Well, uh, Kurt, come on up here, and Mandy, if you would. Uh, I want to talk about Kurt real quickly, and I'm going to ask a couple guys to come up here, and maybe the elders and other people uh, just come on up that are here today. Um, Kurt is a very private person, and it's tough for him to stand up here in front of us, but he is, so be proud of him. And uh, his wife is standing here beside him. He, he's got uh, one of those guys that got some news this last couple of weeks. And uh, he has uh, some tumors in his, um, in his esophagus. And so um, he's going to be going uh, through uh, some things that go on. And I think there's things that are related. I think one of his lungs collapsed this week. And they found out that it was partially uh, collapsed. And uh, so he was supposed to do surgery tomorrow. And it got pushed back. Um, so we're going to stand in the gap for him today. We're going to just pray for him. Huh? Yeah, please do. And uh, we're, um, we're just going to pray for him. So what I'd like you to do if you're s- sitting here is just lift up Kurt uh, in your own prayer time. And uh, we're going to have these people maybe voice a couple prayers and just uh, ask God to do what only he does. And to be with Mandy as she waits and be with uh, their family as they wait and see what uh, uh, we're, we're going to know. We, we're going to look at the facts of God, right? We're going to look at the facts of God and we're going to say, God, this is, this is what you've done and this is what you're going to do. So Guys, go ahead and, and start, and then I'll, when we're finished, I'll, I'll close this up.
understanding, healing, Father, we come before you right now and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bring healing to First Curtis and also just bring peace to the family. Be with the kids during this challenging time. We pray that as a church we can support and care for them. We know that through your great and amazing power you are the great physician. We know that as Jeff has preached today that you do deliver us. Thank you for my friend Curtis and just the awesome guy that he is. And I trust and believe that you have already gone before him all the things in Father, we do trust you, and we believe that you're going to heal our brother. So I pray right now that it's been prayed, and I, I, I say this. I, I pray in the name of Jesus that anything that is in Kurt, God, that is not of you, that it would be, that it would be cast out right now. We just come against that right now in the name of Jesus. We come against these, these things that have attached to, uh, themselves to his esophagus possibly, we pray that the doctors will find out what's going on. But, God, we pray that you'll do a miracle before he even gets there, that you'll do what only you can do. We, we call on you. We ask you as, as uh, people of faith. We're looking at the facts of who you are and what you do. And, God, we trust you. We love you. And we just pray for them as they wait. In Jesus' name we pray this in all prayers. Amen. Thank you. Be sure and, and uh, keep Kurt and Mandy in your uh, in your prayers as you uh, go through the week. We take no apologies for doing this during our service because we believe that God listens to His people. He listens to the prayers of people that come and say, uh, "Hear, hear, hear us, O Lord!" And uh, He hears the cries of our heart. And the cries of our heart right now are they're broken. We're broken because we don't want to. We don't want them to go through what, what we've seen in the past. And uh, the facts, you know, <laughs> the facts, but we know God's facts. Um, before Abby does her uh, thing, I want to, Kelsey was going to come, but she's got a fever and has been sick for the last two days. Uh, she was going to talk about this, but uh, February the 25th, we're doing a uh, one day, kind of a different kind of a thing. Uh, we're calling it the Forever Date Day. And if you're married, I think you would really enjoy it. We're going to be doing it at the Brown County Inn. It's just, it's not overnight. It's just a very uh, laid-back kind of a situation. Uh, it's $60, and, and that'll start. Uh, you can start seeing, I think you can sign up out there today. Here's the details. It starts at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, you can go do the shops, kind of do some stuff like that on February 25th. We'll be done about 8 o'clock. We're going we're gonna to start with uh, some doing some get to know your spouse again, reconnect your, with your spouse. Uh, Mark Goins, who is a family marriage counselor, is going to come. He's going to do some talk couple talks with us. We're going to do some games. We're going to go out to eat. We're going to come back there and we're going to have a prom. And when we say prom, and if you don't dance like me, it kind of scares you and you go, I don't want to go. Uh, just trust us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be some games. It's going to be some different times where you and your wife can, can come and be a part of this. And so um, it's, uh, please, uh, she had, had, had a sheet that she was going to hand out and all that stuff. It's uh, on her computer. So Anyway, we'll start next week with that. Uh, so you got a couple weeks to sign up for it, and we'll go from there. Here's Abby. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ISIS.
55 and plus group this Tuesday from 12 to 3 o'clock. You guys are going to be having a lunch here at the church, so please make sure you bring a dessert and a side to share. Euchre night is happening this Saturday at 6 o'clock. Please make sure you get signed up, and if you do come, please bring a snack to share. Tonight is youth group, so please make sure you are there at 6 o'clock. Our missions trip pizza sales are still happening, so please make sure you find someone that is going on a missions trip and buy a pizza from them. On Sunday, February 12th, we're going to be hosting a special breakfast here at the church from 9 to 10 a.m. It is going to be $5, and all proceeds are going to help with the youth group to go to a conference in March. If you are a married couple, please make sure you go see Kelsey Janera on how to get signed up for the Brown County Forever Date Day Retreat happening February 25th. If you are visiting with us, we want to say first welcome to Impact Christian Church. And if you could, please fill out an information card and put it in the brown box in the back. Well, ICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week, and we'll see you next week. Come Bye. That'd be a good song.